Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 30th of July 2020. It's the Real Gerald Quinn doing a live, po- a live podcast. I understand. Been doing a lot of pre recorded podcasts lately. I wanted to get back in touch with my people's live. Um, I know it's game night for the NBA. We'll talk plenty about that. Um, a lot going on, of course, with COVID. That's going to be another end of the story for who knows for seemingly uh, years. The way this thing is going. Uh, as always, you can find catch this podcast on the uh, on my YouTube channel. Which of course, we're streaming live. It will be on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and a number of apps where you can find any podcast. Um, happy to be back with you live. I haven't done a live podcast in about a month. We've been doing a lot of podcasts with The Wire. Uh, thanks to Robert Sapp for um, making that happen as well. He's done a tremendous job of breaking down these episodes. We all got a major episode coming up on Sunday. <sighs> the, the D'Angelo Barksdale Memorial. Well, that well, It's not the memorial, but it's the, of course, the big episode, uh, season two, episode six, where D'Angelo, you know, I, I don't, anybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. So that'll be a, that'll be a huge episode um, coming up on Sunday. And of course, I will be joined by Robert Sapp. We're gonna begin with the we begin with the NBA. Um, as we speak, the Pelicans and Jazz are about to tip off. Um, Zion Williamson is a go. A lot of storylines in this game alone. Remember, this was, um, you know, got Utah, who we don't know what the dynamic of the Rudy Gobert uh, relationship with with with, uh, with Donovan Mitchell, where he, where they stand right now. Everybody's gonna say the right thing, the right things. But if somebody gives you COVID, which we, we assume that Rudy Gobert gave Donovan Mitchell COVID, you, I mean, I, I don't see how that relationship can be ever be fixed or repaired even this quickly or that quickly, even though that was about, you know, five months ago still. So Utah would be very interesting to watch. We know they're going to be in the playoffs for sure. I don't, they're not a major contender. We know this, but they're, you know, They'll be a fascinating team to, to to follow over the course of the this you know strange and new NBA season this this bubble season. Um, as far as the Pelicans, the question would be: Can Zion get them to the playoffs? Um, right now, I think they were three and a half games out of the final spot, the eighth spot, three and a half games with eight games to go. Um, so we'll see if he can get them to get them to the playoffs. Now he's not going to win rookie of the year. This, this, and of course, even this will have no this games. These games will have no effect on the rookie of the year or the rookie of the year awards. Which, by the way, I don't understand how these games don't impact MVP or 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 those awards, NBA all all NBA or defensive player of the year. But that's you know that's neither here nor there, considering you know the big picture, and considering that when you look at all these sports leagues. The NBA, by far, and I mean, it's not even close, by far has done the best job uh, as far as reopening. Now, we'll see with the NHL. The NHL has two hub cities in Canada. 
Canada's uh, COVID numbers have been good. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, baseball has been an absolute disaster. It's been an absolute disaster. We'll talk more about that. But so far, the NBA has been tremendous. I mean, they've had, you know, they've had zero positive tests out 354 since July 20th. Uh, they have been stringent as far as guys quarantining, quarantine, uh, you know, guys leaving the bubble, having to, you know, pay the price of doing 10 day quarantines. You saw what happened with Lou Williams. We'll talk more about that. Found that story, found that to be somewhat hilarious. The coverage on that. Uh, you saw what happened with the, the two Houston players early on. So the NBA is not messing around. And, you know, they've gotten their money's worth as far as the $150 million that they spent on that bubble, and they've done a tremendous job. You can't give the NBA enough credit. I didn't even think they were going to even make it this far to where the season would get started, to be honest with you. I was very, especially considering how Florida has been a hot spot. Um, Florida, you know, Florida, Texas, those California, these have been the COVID hot spots, Arizona to say the least. I didn't think the NBA was going to get this far uh, when this, when you know, to be honest with you. So we'll see how, we'll see if they can finish the season. That's a big question. Can these sports leagues finish the season? But if anybody, if I had my money on any of the sports leagues finishing the season, my money by far would be on the NBA. They are clearly the best run out of four major sports. And it's really not even, it's not even close, to be honest with you. Adam Silver's done a tremendous job. And uh, hopefully they can get the season. They can finish their season. And, and you know, a lot of people believe that it will be the, the major challenge won't be finishing the season, that the major challenge will be getting the next season started. And, excuse me, and how the uh, salary cap and all, you know, all the moving pieces will go. But right now, they're just trying to get this season, get this season finished, trying to crown a champion with these eight games and with the, and with the playoffs. Um, as far as baseball goes right now, of course, you, uh, Philadelphia – Toronto series has been postponed. Philadelphia had two positive COVID tests. It's been a disaster for baseball all around. Philadelphia, um, with what happened with the Marlins, um, they had 19 positive tests, 17 through players. The Marlins haven't played all week, will not play until at minimum Monday. Philadelphia was scheduled to now scheduled to play tomorrow, but of course that series against Toronto will be wiped out. So they're going to be they're going to be done until next week the nationals because the nationals were scheduled to play the marlins this weekend they um they're gonna be off for the weekend they're gonna be off for the weekend um listen i i think that it's funny it's not funny but it's 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 interesting to see how people have responded or are responding to COVID because you have, you have various factions. You have a faction who thinks this, this shit is not serious. It's a hoax. This is a way to get Donald Trump out of office. You have a faction that's doing what they're supposed to be doing in terms of quarantining, taking it serious, taking it serious and, and taking the necessary steps following the, the CDC, following Dr. Fauci and what have you. And you have a faction that's kind of like in between where they go, they'll they'll go in as far as the social distancing, but then they'll be at a party at a house party. So they kind of, so you kind of have three um, groups of people 
um, with this thing, uh, with, in terms of three different approaches to COVID and how how this is being how how uh, people are, are view this. I, I'll say this: this is to me when you look at the history of these types of types of diseases. This is like the, it's the Spanish flu all over again. Um, 150,000 people dead, um, four and a half million case, cases, and you have a country that, that is not disciplined enough to slow this down. America, you look at look at how, how this has been handled all over the world in comparison to America, Japan, China, um, places like that. I mean, there's a reason why the U.S. has been banned from just about every place in the, every place in around the world in terms of travel, like no no one trusts the USA, and I don't blame them. Considering how we've handled this, we know what's you know we know what's we know what's what in terms of the leadership up top, in terms of you know being more concerned about being you know getting reelected and more concerned about open the economy than about saving lives. We understand that part, but I'm just shocked about how many people don't are not taking this shit seriously. I mean, it baffles my mind. <laughs> and we'll get we'll, and we and we'll get more into this, some some players coming out and speaking about corona conspiracy theories, which is just dumbest I mean just ridiculous and stupid. Uh, these some of these theories and some of the things uh, that are being that are being said about this. But I would encourage encourage anybody Take this shit serious. This is not, it is no joke. It's nothing to play with. Um, do with the doctor. Just follow the doctors. I mean, don't don't follow all the doctors. I, I follow the ones who who are not associated with, with Donald Trump. That's, that's why I would say anybody that's anybody that's against Trump as far as dealing with this, you, I would be for. It. Because that this administration does does not give two shits about your livelihood. They don't. This is all there is to it. Um, you had the NFL. Uh, six Patriots have opted out. Dante Hightower, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung. The Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, if there is an NFL season, which I don't believe there will be, those are big-time losses. You have 25, Damian Williams, the uh, Kansas City running back who easily could have been MVP of the Super Bowl, had a great Super Bowl against San Francisco. He opts out. So, Last time I checked, there was 25 NFL players that are just saying, you know, fuck this. Like we, this is not, you know, we are choosing our health and rightfully so. Uh, I think they believe they're going to get like a $350,000 of stipend uh, for players who are, getting, who are opting out. Okay. But um, again, you're going to, you know, can't, I cannot blame anyone, any athlete for opting out and for saying, can't do it. It won't, won't risk my life, my, you know, my health won't risk my family's health in terms of opting out and just waiting until 2021 uh, and, uh, to um, to come back. Uh, we mentioned about the Marlins and about the disaster that was uh, that happened down in Florida. And apparently, apparently this, this was sparked by guys that were going out in Atlanta and in Atlanta partying um so so there, there was an article about that you know you had guys just being completely irresponsible and then you know and this is typical this is you know this is 
typical non-NBA. You have a situation where the players from the Marlins knew guys had tested positive, but still chose to play, play, play the game. They knew guys had tested positive. They had two positive tests within that clubhouse, but the players still chose to play the game, which to me, I again, why ask why? And they haven't, and they have not played a game since. And who knows when the Marlins will next play, uh, uh, will play another game. So, it you know, I don't know what they, I mean, baseball has precautions. Um, I see, I, they took some precautions. They're not like the NFL in terms of just completely just seemingly just don't give a shit. Like the NFL just pretends like this, this thing doesn't exist. Like they, I mean, the NFL, the NFL has had more time to prepare for this than anybody. They've had more time to prepare for it. Like, they, there should be, you know, if the NBA can pull off a bubble, there's no reason why the NFL, with the amount of resources and money they have, can't pull off multiple bubbles around the country to kind of, like, protect their players and, and what have you. Now, canceling preseason, okay, that's nice, but you're still talking about having, you're still talking about the season opening September 10th with the, uh, um, or September 7th. Uh, with the uh, Patriot, not Patriots, but with, with uh, Kansas City, uh, you know, opening uh, defense, the defense of the Super Bowl championship. So, football is just football is going to learn the hard way. Um, I do not believe that it will, there will be a college football season. I know some of you SEC fans are going to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But I just cannot foresee there being. By the time they get to college football, I can't see could foresee there being a college football season. I just can't do it. They might try to play in the beginning, but I, I don't see them finished. I mean, no season, no football will be finished. Uh, no football is going to get finished. I don't even think hockey um, is going to get finished. Um, again, the NBA might because they've done, they've completely just seemingly mastered, you know, that the bubble and they like the NBA might get, uh, might complete a season, but I can't see any other contact sport. Football, hockey, baseball, or the NFL finishing uh, their respective seasons. I just don't. I have to see it to believe it. Um, Lou Williams goes to Atlanta. He's uh, going for a funeral, of course, and decided to have a pit stop to Magic City to get to get some wings. Uh, apparently, these are wings that just. You know, are irresistible. These are wings that you know. What lemon pepper? Lemon, lemon pepper, lemon pepper are some good ass wings. I've had lemon. We've had. I've had lemon pepper from a variety of places. They, they, they are. They are the bomb wings, uh, without question. So I mean, <laughs> but but if you're Lou Williams, you obviously this obviously kind of irresponsible to be in a, a crowd, a place with a lot of people, even if you're masked up. And he got the ten. He you know went back, got the ten day quarantine. That that to me, how the NBA handled it, that's not the big that's not the big story to me. The big story is the reaction or overreaction in terms of this is going to keep the Clippers from possibly winning a championship, or this is going to disrupt his trust uh, within that locker room. No. Nah. That guy, listen, guys, these guys understand. I mean, these guys are, these guys understand what they need to do in order to win a championship. These guys, 
especially if, if you're for the Clippers. They, like they, they, they have as much freedom as a team that you can possibly can have. Like you've seen Montreal Harrell leave the bubble. You've seen Patrick Beverly leave the bubble. You saw Kawhi Leonard arrive a little late towards the bubble. But I, I would not worry about Lou Williams messing up the Clipper chemistry and all of a sudden. If you're telling me that he's not – now, if you're telling me that the Clippers and he's, that they're not healthy – that they have injuries, then that's one thing. But no, no, they're healthy. As long as they're healthy, they will be amongst the three teams, along with the Bucks and Lakers, will be right there in terms of. And Tor- I put Toronto in that on that level as well. I think Toronto has a legit, legit chance to win a championship um, with their continuity. They arrived early. Uh, they've been there, done that. I watch out for Toronto. Matter of fact, I, I'm picking Toronto to get to the finals. That's my. I don't consider it to be a surprise pick. Or, or a pick that would shock anybody, but I, I like Toronto to get to the NBA Finals. I really, I really like that team, but I just don't see the Lou Williams situation being a major factor once games start, once playoff games start. And for the Clippers, these eight games are just like preseason tune-ups. Get guys back in shape to get their you know rhythm as far as continuity. Uh, get guy, get people back on the same page. As far as chemistry, these are not games for seeding. Seeding doesn't okay. It, it, there's no home court advantage. It means it means nothing. Now, maybe from a standpoint of matchups, who you play, who you want to play, who you don't want to play. But the Clippers are in a pretty good spot right now, and they're not gonna they are not gonna fall apart to where they the Clippers are gonna fall from a two seed to a six or a seven seed. That's just not gonna happen. So I still favor the Clippers to get to the NBA Finals. I'm not going to make – I'm not making anything in regards to this Lou Williams situation or regards to Kawhi Leonard shooting only like 27, 26% in the preseason. It means – or in these warm-up games going to lead into the regular – leading into the end of the regular season. It means nothing to me. Um, teams that will be interesting to watch – uh, in this bubble with the NBA will be Portland, OKC, New Orleans, of course, Philadelphia. Those will be some teams that will be interesting to watch because, I, you know, Oklahoma City, again, a team that has had a great year, got a lot of continuity, a lot of chemistry. Uh, they... You know, that'll that'll be an interesting team to watch. I don't think they can make a major run. Maybe they can win a round, depending on the matchup. Portland, if they get in the playoffs, can be dangerous. Like, if I I were the Lakers or Clippers, I wouldn't want to see, necessarily necessarily want to see Portland in the first round of the playoffs. That would be a tough, they won't, they won't, they won't beat the Lakers or Clippers, but it would be a tough knockdown, dragout type series with the amount of talent Portland has, considering getting back those two seven-footers, um, with Nurkic and uh, Collins, Zach Collins. So they'll be interesting to watch. And, of course, you have Zion, who I know the NBA in the worst way wants to um, get, wants him to be in the playoffs. In the worst way the NBA wants him to, uh, to be in the playoffs. It all hasn't been good in, in regards to the NBA. Um, you had a number... So we all know what's going on with, uh, with the protests um, that have transpired since basically since you know George Floyd was murdered um, on May 29th. 
or yeah, May 29th. I believe it was, I believe it was May 29th. And it's been about 10 weeks and um, call it a reckoning, call it a, another deconstruction. You can call it, you know, some people want to call it civil unrest. Call it what you want. The world has been altered. It's been, it's been changed. It's been somewhat changed. It's been, it's been, we are not in the same world we are before, before May, before May 29th. We are, we have, we've seen the impact that that murder has had on society. And um, I'm all about hearing other people's thoughts and opinions on different subjects, whether I agree or disagree. The thing about it is when you say something, when you come up with a conspiracy theory and it has no facts behind it, you can get yourself in trouble real quick as far as how you sound or whether or not anybody's going to take you serious in terms of where you, in terms of um, what you're saying. I bring that up to, I say all that to, uh, to speak on Michael Porter Jr.'s comments about this quote unquote Corona conspiracy. Michael Porter Jr. is 22 years old. Um, he already made a comment earlier about praying for the police that killed that, helped murder George uh, Floyd, which was completely just tone deaf and unsympathetic to uh, show the lack of, of empathy towards, you know, George Floyd's family and, and what have you, and Breonna Taylor and, 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 and so on. And he makes a statement that the corona is being overblown, is being used as a way to control population, um, criticizing, you know, the thoughts of a vaccine. Um, and it's like, you hear this and you say, hmm, okay. So you're making these statements, but what are you, what are you basing this on? Like this, this is pure conspiracy theory. And I just think that it's one thing not to know what you're talking about. But I think that just a lack of life experience. Like I wonder if Michael if Michael Porter Jr. has ever have, has ever experienced any real racism in his life. I really wonder about that. Because I, and I bring up I, I bring up racism from the standpoint of Corona because they're all they're all intertwined. Corona, we look just look at the numbers has affect. Corona affects brown and black people the most. It's not even close as far as the death rate. As far as you know, you are more likely if you're if you're black or if you're a black or brown person, you're more likely to get to get corona than you are uh, any other um, group, any other culture, any other group. Period. So, to me. Um, when you say that it's a conspiracy against this is a this is a conspiracy, and I'll, I'll pull up what he exactly said. I'll put, let me pull this up now. What he exactly exact statements or uh, 
Definitely not coming up right now. All right, here we go. Here we go. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so here's a population control theory by Michael Gore Jr. Um, this is what he, this was his this was his uh, were his exact quotes. Um, personally, I think the coronavirus is being used obviously for a bigger agenda. Porter said on Snapchat, it's being used for population control in just in just terms of being able to control the masses of people. I mean, because of the virus, the whole world is being controlled. You're required to wear masks, Porter added, and who knows what will happen when this vaccine comes out. You might have to have the, the vaccine in order to travel. Like, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, and, and by the way, that would be a that's that's actually a, he actually I don't know if he meant to do this he actually gave other countries a great idea as far as allowing people to come come from America to travel to their country like like yeah if you haven't taken a vaccine you're definitely you're not getting if you haven't been tested or you haven't taken a vaccine you're definitely not coming here so I don't he of course clearly didn't meant, didn't mean to say that or didn't mean to do you know to um, give somebody uh, Another country uh, idea in terms of how to be safe, how to be safer and, pr and be protected from possibly getting Corona transmitted through uh, through travel. But, you know, it's just it's an ignorant statement. Um, and again, it's a statement that. You know, you don't have again, I, I don't think Michael Porter Jr. has enough life experience to make that kind of statement. I don't I like in, you know. Someone, someone was mentioning, well, somebody close to him may, needs to pull him aside. I, in terms of maybe our family, I maybe I don't know. His family might think that way. To be honest with you. I mean, I know the Denver organization. Somebody pulled him aside in terms of the Denver Nuggets organization. I thought had, I think had a conversation with him. Uh, I don't know how effective that you know will go. Um, and again, I you know Michael Porter Jr. is. It, been no, um, it's not a secret that he has not came out and spoken against uh, police brutality or things that are going on. So you can kind of guess which side of the fence that he's on in, in regards to Black Lives Matter and things of that nature, which is completely his right. Is is absolutely completely his right to you know he doesn't want to speak out, doesn't have to speak out. Um, but again, we you know. When you make comments like that, um, first of all, you know, it's completely dismissive of 150,000 people dying. Like, you know, so you're saying that the media or is overblowing the fact that people are dying every day. Again, I don't think this is a, this, this is a uh, lack of intelligence. I think this is just a lack of life experience. So I said a lot of dumb things at the age of 22. But again, when you come up, when you say, when you mention a conspiracy theory, you better have some type of facts, a couple of facts to back those theories, or you're just going to sound, or no one, no one's going to take you seriously. No one's going to take you seriously, unless they just, you know, you got, unless, unless they have an agenda or just have a narrow way of thinking. Anybody, anybody rational is not going to be like, like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? What are you basing? Those statements off. Where are you basing your theories off? Based off what? 
or you know when you come up with that kind of kind of uh, conspiracy theory. So hopefully somebody gets to him, somebody educates him on what he's saying. Somebody you know he needs to be educated on what's going on. And again, it's not. We live in a culture, cancel coaches, you know, let's, let's instead, of, instead of canceling people, let's educate them. Let's counsel them. Let's educate them. Um, what else is going on? A lot going on in, uh, so get into a little pop culture a uh, bit and we'll get back to, uh, certainly get back to some, um, some, uh, things going on in the world of sports, but, Snoop Dogg was on the mm-hmm. Breakfast Club. Yes, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I want to say today, today Wednesday, Thursday. So I think Tuesday. I think he was on the Breakfast Club Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and he mentioned that um, talked about was talking about Eminem, and he mentioned that Eminem was not in his top ten MC all time MCs. And you know his rationale for uh, Eminem not being in the top ten all-time MCs was the fact that your complete people completely dismissed the KRS ones of the world, the LL Cool J's, Ice Cube's. Those are some of the guys. Big Daddy Kane. Uh, who else did he mention? Rakim. Age gets completely disrespected uh, in terms of the all-time greatest rappers. I think. I think he's right in terms of Big Daddy Kane and LL Cool J. I think people hold Rakim and LL, and I've seen a lot of lists. And LL, Rakim and, and, and Ice Cube are in the top 10 of most lists that I've seen. Like Rakim, I've seen Rakim even be number one on a lot of lists, to be honest with you. But in terms of Big Daddy Kane and LL Cool J, he's, wow, those guys certainly don't get the kind of respect that they deserve. And KRS One as well. Uh, he's absolutely right about that. So I agree with you know initially I agree with that the premise that Eminem is not a top ten rapper. He's not in my top ten. But then you know I was in this hip hop rabbit hole, just looking up some you know looking up information, going through some lists of all time great rappers, and going through the, some of the numbers and. You look at Eminem's career. Eminem has won 15 Grammys. He's had 10 number one albums, had five number one singles. He sold 220 million albums worldwide. Um, outside of Jay-Z, that's prob- he's probably the most accomplished rapper ever outside of Jay-Z. As far as accolades and numbers and album sales, and hits and things of that nature. Uh, Drake is approaching. Drake is is, is fast approaching. Um, it's hard to keep Eminem out out of a top ten list with that type of resume. Now I'm not saying he should be in the top ten. He's not in my top ten. But when you look at that resume, it's hard to keep him out. It's hard to keep him outside the top ten. Impact on the culture. Um, you got to talk. You got you know. You got to put that, um, you got to throw that into the mix. Now, I, again, Eminem to me, when you look at his body of work, the reason why I don't think Eminem is top 10, one, his music never resonated with me personally. I was never connectable from that standpoint. Two, he only had one, I consider, solid 
classic album. That was Marshall Matters, his second, his third album. Remember, his first album before Slim Shady, that first, he came out of album 96, that was garbage. People kind of forget about the album and just want to dismiss it as if as if it was never recorded. It, it happened in 96. Then he came out with the Slim Shady LP in 98. Then, yeah, 97, 98, which so put him on the map. He, you know, so, you know, won tons of Grammys. And, and even that album was not a classic album. It had a couple hits, Guilty Conscience, uh, the other the other song where he was, you know, was the comedy song. I forgot the name of it, but it was it was it was a cla- It was not a classic. By any stretch of imagination, it was, it was not a classic. Marshall Matters was a classic. After that, it's been slim pickings. I mean, it's been, it's been very the pickings have been slim to where to a point where I don't even I, I don't even listen to Eminem. I, I I cannot remember the last time I listened to Eminem's music. Maybe two or three years ago, maybe longer than that. I don't listen to Eminem at all. So to me, when your music doesn't age well, and his music has not aged well, if you look at what he was talking about, um, and just the fact he never evolved as a uh, artist to me. Again, someone who will argue for Eminem being in the top 10, top five will say, look at the accolades that I just gave him. And let's be honest, as far as the skill of rapping, Eminem is top three, top five, as far as actually being able to actually rap that actual skill. You cannot deny his skill set from that standpoint. But his his content, what he was talking about, his albums, consistency doesn't even come close to to uh, some of the all time greats um, in terms of the top tier rappers. When we talk, you know, Jay Z's, Nas's, guys like uh, you know Biggie. Rakim, those, you know, even Ice Cube and guys like that. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see to see, to see that um, artistry versus numbers and accolades. And the guy, and again, I went down this hip hop rabbit hole last night, or maybe earlier this morning, because I was up late, well into the, well into the morning. You know, I think about Drake, and you know, Drake is like. Drake has had the most, recently he passed, um, he's tied with Madonna with the most top 10 singles of all time um, in Billboard. So he has the most top 10 singles of all, top 10 Billboard hits of all time in terms of number one, top 10. He has he has 26 number one singles, five number one albums, and has sold over 170 million albums world, worldwide. He is by far the biggest rap star in the game right now. It's not like he's not the best rapper. That's still held by Kendrick, but Drake is the biggest rap star in the world. He can name his price in terms of the next his next record deal. He can he can he he can do whatever he wants as far as the industry. He moves the culture. He moves the industry. It's without question. Whether you love or hate him, but with all that said, for all that success. He has not yet released a classic album. Has a bunch of hits, but not. Have, but he has no. He has not even. Have, he doesn't even have anything close to to a, to, a, to an album that's been where you can you can listen to throughout without skipping some tracks. So I mean, it's, it's interesting with Drake. Drake is like James, Drake is like James Harden now here. Bunch of stats, bunch of numbers. But um, 
no rings. And to me, a ring would be a classic album. James Harden has no rings. James Harden has, you know, all the analytics, all the, all the just insane numbers, has won an MVP, has been an MVP contention for like the last five years. But postseason, different story. And again, it'll be interesting to see Drake um, and how we how Drake is viewed five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. A lot of people are going to have they're going they're going to be people out there who have him as the greatest rapper of all time. There will be that. I mean, he's that popular in terms of this generation. But real hip hop people, real people who follow hip hop, especially somebody who follow nineties hip hop, know better. Know, know a lot better than that. Uh, a couple things before I let you go here. Um, yeah, Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez, um, we all know the story, what transpired. Um, but we don't know what exactly We speculation and bits and pieces, but Meg Thee Stallion, of course, was shot in both her feet. She's come out a couple times, Instagram and through another, you know, has had some, you know, has, you know, has come out and spoken about the situation without using Tory Lanez's name, by the way. Um, but first thing, I, I don't think Meg owes anybody a explanation. And this is a situation where, unfortunately, you know, she's part of that. It's the millennial. She's part of the, the Internet, Instagram, social media generation where you have to feel like you have to bury your soul to the whole world as if if she went away for a month that her fans would just leave her and not come back, which is not the case. Um, was getting a lot of internet trolling, a lot of jokes over the internet, but it's the internet. But the most, the, the, the thing that about this situation that I'm going to pay close attention to is whether or not Megan Stallion presses charges on Tory Lane, Tory Lane's. And we're going to talk about protecting black women. We're going to talk about how, how serious that is. We're going to talk about the number of black women who don't feel like they're protected. Uh, you know, we seen, we saw what happened in terms of Breonna Taylor and, you know, that story not being, you know, you, you have, I mean, you've, the steam on it has picked up, but initially people really, really were not talking about Breonna Taylor as in comparison to, to George Floyd. We saw what happened with Russell Russell Simmons and his old ordeal with the women that he allegedly sexually assaulted and how they've come out. And um, Meg Thee Stallion has a, has, a, has a big time opportunity to strike a, you know, to really, really advocate for the health and safety of women against abuse if she goes out there and presses charges against Tory Lanez. Now, I don't know if she'll do it because she came out with a video last Saturday. Um, she got into a fight with her old boyfriend back in, let's say, 2015, somewhere around there. Before before she was, of course, anybody knew about it. I think she might have been sooner than that. Might have been 2014, whatever. Boyfriend, you know, she was beating on her boyfriend. They got into a, he found, she found out her boyfriend had got cheated on her, got, got a girl pregnant, and she uh, physically assaulted him, and she actually was arrested 
um, she actually got arrested. So I just wonder if, and she she said she ended up going back to him, but they later would break up. So which had which had people talk, which had people thinking about whether or not she put hands on Tory Lanez, which she completely denies that she says she didn't touch anybody. But I just I just wonder if she's just has the mentality of you know I'm just going to stay away from him. I'm not going to snitch, which, by the way, would not be snitching. If she goes out there and presses charges against Tory Lanez, it's not, it's not snitching. Somebody shoots you in your foot, in both your feet, that's, no, you can tell the police. And I wouldn't give two shits, uh, zero fucks about what society or social media thought about it. So I'm very interested to see how she deals with this case because it's on video. They had they have the video, and I'm surprised that it hasn't came out. Somebody like TMZ hasn't gotten a hold of it, but there is a video that shows what what transpired uh, that night um, in terms of the shooting and, and in terms of what tra- happened in that truck. Maybe not inside the truck, but out. You know, they there is a video out. There is a video, and I'm not talking not talking about the one where they show her. You know, when she's limping. And bleed, you know, bleed from, you know, with, from both her feet. Not that one where the cops, you know, had Tory Lanez and her other girl, Kelsey Nicole, laid out, you know, on the street. Not that video. But there's another video that's out. Again, she has press. She has. She can take. She can really make a send a, a a big time message for women all around the country, all around the world. If she goes out there and presses charges against Tory Lanez. And hopefully she's not worrying about the pushback that she will certainly get because they'll be they'll be they'll be calling her a snitch on the Internet. There'll be other women talking about who still won't believe that he actually shot her. So we'll we'll see what transpires, um, transpires with that. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Real Deal podcast. Um, Again. This is a live stream. Uh, you can catch this podcast on YouTube. I will have this up before the end of the night. I will be on Sunday with uh, The Wire episode, season two, episode six, along with Robert Sapp. As always, be safe. Stay cool. I'm out.